Cod Moth. Today, we bask in the light of, you know what, mustachioed greatness. And you know, we are going to be honoring our very first Asian American on the show, Mr. Noriyuki Pat Morita. Um, sorry, it took that long to get a Japanese American on the show. There are plenty of fantastic Asian mustaches out there, and I'm sure they will find their way onto the show. I mean, specifically, we do have our top rating as the full Fu Manchu. So at some point, we got to have a full Manchu on the show, right? This is how you know I don't plan anything because this should have happened at some point. But you know what? Maybe we'll make it on a special mark of the show. If we actually get to 50, which we are getting closer, uh, maybe we'll have a, a solid full Fu Manchu on the show. But yes, today we are honoring Pat Morita and that fantastic mustache that he has. It's not too crazy. You know, It's I honestly, he looks weird without it. If you've ever seen him in any... Um, any movies or, or on TV when he doesn't have one, it just doesn't feel right. Uh, I think the stash just sort of completes his whole look. Especially in the movie that we are covering today, um, Karate Kid 3. Watch out! Because, um, yes, I had actually never seen Karate Kid Part 3. I grew up with the first one. Like, I saw that one so many times. The second one, I've only seen that a handful of times, maybe three times max. I do remember it for the most part. I know it took a crazy turn because it went from this kid that's an underdog who wins the local tournament of his area in L.A., which is, um, you know, the Valley. And then he goes to Japan and is it becomes a matter of life and death <laughs> becomes pretty extreme so they really took it up a notch with that second one but the third one i missed i think i was i was getting a little older it wasn't it wasn't on tv as much as the first one and the second one they just didn't bring it on to I, I guess a ratings thing because i knew it didn't do great or as good as they were hoping so i just never really saw it you i would have had to like I would have had to go search for it. And I just didn't have the time for that when I was young. And there was always other stuff to watch. But I did kind of know what... I kind of already knew what happens in the movie. Just from hearing other people talk about it. I knew Terry Silver was like this very well-known bad guy for the movie. Because he was like just chewing up scenery. So I was really looking forward to checking it out for the first time. I also got interested in it because I am a uh, I am an avid uh, viewer of Cobra Kai that show. I actually am one of the original viewers because I'm one of the ten people that had YouTube Red. Congratulations to y'all, other nine. So I actually saw the show way before anyone else saw uh, Cobra Kai, and I thought it was pretty dope. And I was kind of bummed because I was thinking, oh man, like. This isn't going to go anywhere because <laughs> it's on YouTube Red and it really deserved to have uh, the story continue. So I'm glad that they found a new home there there on Netflix. And also we do get, you know, we don't get a whole bunch, you know, obviously we have lost Pat Morita, but we do get a lot of honoring his character and in a way honoring him as well, you know, into the, the spirit that he brought that character that it still holds up to this day. And a lot of his sayings, uh, which he continues, he says a lot of good stuff in this third one as well. And also, I have not seen that uh, documentary about Pat Morita, but I heard it is one of those. It's very funny, but then it's also very sad because he was dealing with a lot of alcoholism and all that good stuff. Because, uh, you know, that stuff is the word. <laughs> all that good stuff. No, alcoholism is very bad, obviously. Um, but it's it, it didn't hold him back I mean, maybe he could have done more, but he had still a very, a very long career. You know, he got very well known as Matsuo Arnold Takahashi on Happy Days. Did I say that right? I think I did. <laughs> on Happy Days. Um, and then just his career, just uh, his, the amount of people that knew who he was, like, especially 90s kids like me um, that was born in the 80s, like, you know, Mr. Miyagi and the Karate Kid, I will never forget that. The, I, every time I would see him, I'd be like, oh, yeah, there's Mr. Miyagi. And maybe that kind of 
held him back a little bit because it was it was very difficult for him to find um, probably the the kind of work he was really wanting to do uh, afterward. But he had a lot of stuff in between Happy Days. You know, he was on Sanford and Son. He had Mr. T and Tina. He had O'Hara, which I really want to see. I think we might do that one of those episodes, and I might bring Mike on from the Grind Bin because I think he always mentions O'Hara. I think. It's like a police drama, and he's actually the lead. And it's uh, Mr. T and Tina and O'Hara. Actually, the two shows made um, they made history as the. I think it was like one of the few shows that have an actual Asian American series lead. So I think I read that somewhere, probably on Wikipedia or something. But I think that's awesome uh, that he he was sort of breaking down those barriers and just so talented. He he's incredibly funny. He was a comedian. Um, and also had a kind of a cool, I think because of the comedian background, he had a way of weaving that into his character who was much more stoic and serious, almost, you know, he's much more like, he's much more into like in his mind and his spirit. He's not, he's not trying to always express. He says, he hardly says full sentences. It's all like throughout the karate, not actually Pat Morita. <laughs> But his character is Mr. Miyagi. He doesn't say all these words. He says these very short things, but they all mean so much. Like every word means something. Yet he's still able to kind of make you chuckle throughout throughout all three movies. So, And I think uh, I haven't seen the other one either, the fourth one. The one with um, y'all are probably all yelling at me, but uh, I can't remember her name right now. She was in the boxing movie. She breaks her neck. It's real sad. Everyone cries. Hillary Swank. So she is she is in the in the other kid, the new karate kid or something like that. I have not seen that one either. Um, but I wouldn't mind checking that one out as well. So maybe we'll add that one. I just wanted to have Karate Kid 3. Because I'd never seen it and I heard it was kind of crazy. So let's see what we're up for. This is also, by the way, a solo cholo. So enjoy that. <laughs> solo cholo! This episode's already a damn mess and it's just me. Oh god. I'm falling apart here, y'all. Got a lot on the mind. By the way, I think we do have a couple. Of, I, I might have a t-shirt or two on Bonfire. So if you want to support the show, I don't have a Patreon or anything. This would be the only way you could really support the show and, and show me that you want me to keep doing this. And also, you know, obviously I put a lot of my own money into this whole project. Not that much, but, you know, buy a t-shirt. You know, buy it for your grandma. She won't know what it is, but it'll keep her warm at night. All right, so <laughs> let's put on our Cobra Kai gi and get angry and put a guy in a bar because it's time to get this show on the road. Now play that shit theme song. It's the most deadly podcast you're ready for the show. We'll watch moves, we'll make some jokes, and then we'll all go home. Navigating the legendary hairy upper lips. It's the mustache podcast you. All right. So we get some opening flashback shots. This kind of remind me of Friday the 13th. Uh, the, the, I think it's maybe the first three movies. They, in the beginning of each sequel, or not the first three, the second and the third, in the beginning of those sequels, they show what happened in the movie before, and you almost forget. Like You're like, wait, what am I? Didn't I see this? You have like deja vu because they don't tell you. It just happens. And that's kind of what happens in Karate Kid 3. You're in Karate Kid the first one and it's the scene where he's with miyagi and he goes in to confront um to confront crease and crease uh, uh, is yelling at everybody of course and johnny's dogging the shit out of daniel because they just this was just before the fight when they were wearing those skeleton costumes which by the way is a fucking funny scene and that's when they decide oh we're gonna fight at the tournament so then we then we jump to the tournament and then we see the crane kick, Wapa. which by the way, wasn't that, is that an illegal hit? Because didn't he hit him in the face? Is it because he hit him underneath his chin? I don't know. I think that's always been a debate with this series, but I'm not that deep into it. Other than the fact that people have been calling me Daniel-san since I can remember, which is, I guess, kind of cool because honestly, it's not like Ralph Macchio's character, uh, Daniel LaRusso, is a nerd in this in this series he's actually kind of a dickhead and a cocky one too he's just is a new kid 
That's it. he's like a. It's like he was like a. He was probably a Johnny where he was from in Jersey, and, and now he ran into another version of himself, and that's why they butted. Like, have you ever met a friend? Well, not a friend, but you met somebody and you tried to be friends, but y'all were so alike that you hated each other. That's basically what I think this whole thing is. Um, that's just my theory. But anyway, we see him beat Johnny. Then we jumped, I think, to the beginning of the second film where Pat Morita confronts uh, confronts Crease again after after the tournament because he's he's choking the shit out of Johnny, and Pat Morita push you know pushes Johnny out of the way and um, gets to Crease. Crease does the dumbest fight moves I've ever seen in my life. I mean, he kind of cocks his arm back, so it's really obvious he's gonna punch, and and uh, Miyagi dodges him like nothing he punches two car windows with each of his fists which is really hilarious then miyagi he's on his knees miyagi says something about this is all about death you know but <laughs> in karate talk <laughs> and he's he's about to he goes, ah! he's about to hit him but then he goes ah. to this day that cracks me up i could see that over and over and again uh, his <laughs> his honk sound is the best so then, and everyone's freaked out because uh, they really did think that he was going to hurt Kreese. They're walking away, Daniel and, and Miyagi, and Daniel's like, you could have killed him. And, you know, Miyagi, whenever he agrees or says yes, he always goes, hey. So he's like, yeah, I could have, but that's not what we're here for. That's not what this is about. You've already defended your honor. We won. He just deserved to be punished for, for basically hurting a child. So then it goes on from there. And we get to John Kreese walking. Oh, and, and Marita says something like, I didn't kill him because the ultimate punishment for a man who has fallen is for him to survive and live and like live in that dark place until you can get out. Like that's your punishment is you're stuck there uh, facing the shit that you've put yourself into. And we see John Kreese walking. And I think they've showed this cut several times in the Cobra Kai new series because it's like one of the few where he looks you know down you know down in the dumps and he's walking to his old um dojo it's empty as hell he picks up some old mail that's been sitting there he puts on his um voicemail which is dope because it's the old school cassette voicemail <laughs> which i don't even know if we even had that i think by the time we finally got voicemail at my parents house it was already like the one that just did it for you digitally but i would have loved to have the cassette i think that's fun do you like all things true crime, paranormal, and everything in between? Are you in the market to listen to two disastrous best friends talk their heads off? Well, Future is Bright? Question mark? Is just the podcast for you. Join Lindsay and Bridget every week as they discuss different stories about murders, kidnappings, haunted houses, and so much more. It's a perfect blend between terrible times and good vibes. It's a good line. I like that. New episodes every Tuesday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Future is bright, baby. So he's checking the messages. We we find out from the All Valley Tournament Association or whatever, Karate Association, that because because uh crease doesn't have any more students they all left him after what the hell he died i mean no one wants to i mean that would go around town so quick even before the internet if you choked out one of your <laughs> students for getting second place yeah no one's gonna want to join your dojo so because of that he loses membership in the dojo and then you hear like other messages like he owes money to all this and all you know he's got bills that he hasn't paid because he's not making money with no students so then he uh from there I believe from there he walks to, uh, we see him enter a house, and it looks like the Mayan temple stages in Crash Bandicoot. Like, this house mansion is absolutely insane. I should have done the research to figure out where this is, because I want to see it, or whose house this was. But we see a man, he's he's just in a one hell of a greased up ponytail. Gosh, man. Just, that He was ready for the 90s, because I think, you know, this is... Um, this was what 89 so this is like getting right into the 90s and in the 90s you saw a bunch of guys sporting this in fact my brother john who has been on the show two times 
used to sport this like he looked like the green ranger remember green ranger the original one with the ponytail he looked just like him it was so funny my friends always thought he was actually the green ranger because i think one of the second red ranger rocky is actually from san antonio so they were like oh maybe they pick up a lot of the rangers from san antonio <laughs> oh god so anyway uh, we we see him and he's training. He beats up a bunch of dudes. His name is Terry Silver. Oh, he's the man of the hour, baby. Well, technically Pat Morita is, but this guy's like the, the second place man of the hour. He doesn't have a mustache, but damn it, he doesn't need one. He he comes up to Crease, and Crease gives him the keys to the dojo. And he's like, "Yeah, man, I'm 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 bowing out. Like this is it." And Silver mentions something about nuclear waste and signs a document apparently uh he makes his money from toxic waste disposal that's his business someone call captain planet please because <laughs> this guy is fucking up uh, anyway so crease tells him like yeah man like this is over i'm not getting anyone at the dojo all my students are gone and terry tells him like no 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 that's not what we're doing here man like we're we you need to just get some time to think i want to help you out i'm going to make miyagi and larusso suffer for everything they've put you through even though you're the one that cost it for yourself <laughs> so silver says he owes him because crease saved his ass several times in vietnam which is kind of interesting because in the last season of Cobra Kai, we do get some shots of that. And we do see a guy who obviously is supposed to be uh, Terry Silver. So there are a lot of rumors that he's going to be in the fourth season. So he leaves Crease at the airport. I mean, I need a friend like this. If I'm down in the dumps, I don't even know if I can get a hold of some of my friends. This guy, not only does he get a hold of him, he gives him free airplane tickets to go to tahiti and just have a damn good time so that way while he's gone relaxing he's gonna fuck with the people that fucked with him like that is a magical friend so at the same time while crease is entering the airport it just so happens that larusso and miyagi are coming out of the airport probably probably from japan which is kind of funny like it feels like so much more time has passed since the first movie one because um you know uh, Machio looks significantly older to me. He's a little more puffier. He just doesn't look the same. And it's obvious it's been a little bit. But it's supposed to be, I guess, what, a one or two year span. So, because he, he just won the championship, he's defending it in this movie. So, it has not been that long. He's 27-ish years old, by the way, in this, in this movie. But he's playing 18. So they get to what, and we'll talk about how that's problematic later. <laughs> so they get to the apartment, and they meet Mrs. Milo, who's the grandma from Happy Gilmore, by the way. And apparently, the complex is being renovated; it's been bought out. So now Daniel is homeless. Miyagi has no job. They call up Daniel's mom, who, by the way, we only see for this scene, and she just disappears. And why? Well, Uncle Louie's dying. He is sick as hell. <laughs> You know when you got an Uncle Louie, that guy's going to go out hard. Uncle Louie's do not mess around. They just guzzle booze and eat pizza all day. There, he's Uncle Louie. This is what he's going to do, right? So then uh, Daniel mentions that Kumiko, who's from the second one, is staying in Japan because she got like a nice job as a dancer. Like an actual, like not that anything's wrong with being a, a pole dancer, but she's, <laughs> she's like a traditional dancer. And uh, I don't even know why I needed to say that. but And she... um. It also looks like Daniel's supposed to be starting college because the mom mentioned something about like, oh, you know, our admission's coming up and you're supposed to be heading out like first day of college or whatever. And he's very like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you can tell he's not into it. He's he wants to he wants to stay in his Karate Kid high school days. Like it's that, that was that was his prime. That was his, uh, you know, that was the top top of the the career. We've all met those. And uh, Uncle Louie, who is just coughing his lungs out, and even though Daniel's mom is just six feet away, he rings a bell so freaking loud to get her attention. What a dick. And uh, and honestly, he kind of looks like Eddie Pepitone, so yeah, this guy is not doing great. <laughs> uh, so then we see um, Miyagi, and he's reminiscing on his time working at the apartment complex, and all the time, you know, where he met Daniel, he met Daniel there, he empties out the place, and uh, Daniel asked Miyagi um, if he would ever want to open a bonsai store because he was—he's obviously an expert at um, getting those bonsais going, you know, trimming them up and all that good stuff. 
Miyagi says yes in his dreams after retirement, but obviously it's not possible at the moment. So they are getting all the stuff back at Miyagi's house. He mentions um, that he's in short supply of money to start the business. Like he's like, that's why it's a dream, man. Like I, I don't have any. I, I he he mentions he spent a lot of money in Japan to help with everything that was going on over there to save his village, and. Daniel wants to offer his college money to start the business. Why? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> this whole movie is just a series of rash, idiotic decisions from Daniel LaRusso, which I guess has kind of been a big part of his character, but they really, really push on that, uh, push that button throughout this movie. He just never makes good decisions which is he's supposed to be our hero and daniel is like hey i get it but if you don't if you don't take this money you're gonna miss the train you know it's it's gonna go and you might not have another chance for a long time and miyagi says then i take bus god i love him he's so good so then <laughs> so, so silver uh terry silver might be uh the richest rich white in podcastio history y'all i mean this guy we've had movies with more rich whites like we've beat that record with trading places but this guy might be the dopest rich white in podcastio and i mean i get it he pollutes the earth that's not good but the way he lives this guy is hanging out in his mayan temple house he's in a sauna with a wireless phone in 1989 calling long distance to tahiti holy crap so apparently Silver bought like 20 locations to expand Cobra Kai. And he, this guy is obviously a multi-millionaire, maybe a billionaire. And he's talking to to Kreese, who's getting a back massage in Tahiti. And uh, Silver says that Miyagi and Daniel are his entire focus right now. He said he's going to basically, um, he's going to basically be, he's going to Palpatine this motherfucker. He's going to Palpatine this dude like he did to, you know, like Palpatine did to Anakin. That's what he's going to do to Daniel. That's basically what this movie is. Uh, it's like a slow progression as we see <laughs> Daniel embrace the dark, dark side and shit. But uh, he says, I want to put a bit of fear in him in physical pain as well. And, and. Chris even asked, well, how about Miyagi? He's like, well, I'm going to hurt Miyagi through the kid by, like, manipulating Daniel. That's going to hurt Miyagi. So that's a pretty deep plan. Like, that's incredibly psychotic to even think that hard about hurting somebody. He said that he's going to make Daniel think he's invincible and that he'll feel what the pain is all about at the tournament. And then we get Chris. By the way, Chris several times has already looked at his knuckles. He's like, oh, man, I remember that time I punched that car window and I looked so dumb. So he's like, make sure Daniel's knuckles bleed. And then Terry Silver gets so hype about that. He's like, I like that. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like that, Johnny. He gets so hype. And he does like this maniacal laugh. This guy's the best. He honestly would have been a way better Riddler. As, a poor, as opposed to um, the cartoony one that we had in Batman Forever uh, from Jim Carrey. Because uh, he's tall, too. Like, he's tall, and like, I just think he would have been dope. He's like six foot five or something. So he towers over everybody throughout this whole movie. So now we get Terry um, Silver walking through his mansion. He's got, he's got a full staff, by the way. He's got a butler. He's got an assistant and a couple other folks that help him out. And they're all holding out clothes for him. He's like, no, 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 no. These look too nice. He's like, I need to look poor. I need to look humble. He's like, get this rich stuff out of my face. And then he walks out to his parking garage and he picks out like an old shitty truck. He like purposefully bought a bunch of old cars. So that way it would make him look like a regular person. Then he's in his limo and he's smoking his stogie. This guy looks like, oh, he just looks so dope. <laughs> he opens a, a page of the Karate Weekly. Which, I don't know if that's what it's called, but that's what we're calling it. And we see Mike Barnes. Uh, he's the bad boy of karate. And the photo of him looks like he just discovered the Sega 32X. It looks like an advertisement like that. By the way, Mike Barnes does not blink. I, the actor that plays him is Sean something. I, can't, I think I have it written down somewhere, but he does not blink throughout this entire movie. It's like he's cocaine personified or something. It is amazing. Anyway, Daniel's hanging out with Miyagi, 
and he lets him know about he that he bought that property and he's all he's all high you know daniel's more excited than miyagi but then after a while miyagi warms up to it and he's like you know what the only thing i'm concerned about is that you aren't on this contract you are my partner so they've decided to partner to open a business and they're going to call it i think mr miyagi's little trees which kind of sounds like a place i would buy a couple of dime bags you know what i'm saying anyway so now we are back with terry silver living the goddamn life again he gets a call and he says, what do you mean we can't dump in Borneo? Who, who in Borneo knows what chloride sludge is? <laughs> Someone call Captain Planet. <laughs> Captain Planet, he's a hero. Gonna beat your ass and make you easy. I don't think that's the way the song goes. So Silver's one of the best bad guys again. He's so nonchalant about his assholiness. It is amazing. He, he, he talks to his assistant. We go through some business items. I mean, there's even a letter that wraps up and he's just like threatening to sue a bunch of dudes and he mentions bribing the DA for a case. So this guy is just, maybe he started his business and I think I may have read this. I don't know if this is, there's lore to this whole thing. There is some mad lore to Terry Silver that I found. And I didn't know how to take that with a grain of salt, like if someone just made that up or if that's actually lore from somewhere else. But they had like where he went to college, how he started his business, um, and that it was like a legitimate business at first. So um, technically this theory I'm thinking of, it has been thought of. I mean, maybe it's true, but I think originally he actually did want to do good. And then after a while, you're like, well, I can also do it this crappier way and make a crap load of money than pay a lot of money to dispose this in a respectful way to the environment. So he sort of picked his side, you know, he, he became Palpatine pretty quickly. So anyway, uh, from there, Silver brings in Mike Barnes. Here he is. Sean Kanan, I think is his name, by the way. He comes in wide-eyed and bushy-tailed. Apparently, he told he told uh, Barnes, uh, Silver told Barnes he'd give him 25% in on the dojos if he defeats LaRusso. But Barnes isn't having it. He would rather get 50%. I would I would have brought him down to 49, 45 Silver offer, offers 35%, but Barnes doesn't like that. He tries to head out. Silver stops him, and he decides to give him the 50%. He's like, I hope you fight as well as you negotiate. And Barnes is like, hell yeah, sure. Yeah. That's not how he sounds. <laughs> he sounds like a young white kid. <laughs> so, who, by the way, is sporting one of the dopest like flat tops, man. like This guy looks like he was made in a lab, you know? They were definitely trying to do the Dolph Lundgren thing where he's like this like super fighting machine person uh, with like, you know, Dolph had that little flat, flat, flat top in Rocky four. So then anyway, they go on from there. We're back with Daniel Miyagi and it's, you know, things are looking good for the, for the bonsai tr tree store. You know, everything's going, going as planned. And, uh, eventually they're looking for i think here they're looking for trees to to put into the store and get them going and then they start learning i think he chose daniel a new way of fighting called kata or kata 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 i think it's kata which sort of looks like whatever patrick swayze was doing in roadhouse um also in this part miyagi mentions about this like actual legitimate authentic bonsai tree that he planted in like this gulch that goes down toward the ocean that's super hard to get to because it's worth thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars so he i guess brought it from japan and planted it there and it's almost like his um i think for one he just loves to know that that is there growing and being healthy but also if something were to happen it's always there if he needed the money or something like that there's a word for that but so then uh so then we head back to the shop um everything's coming together uh there's a new rule this year at the all valley tournament that the defending champion only needs to fight in the final round which i would not like if i was the defending champion i'm like let me warm up with some scrubs you know let me take out a couple of these kids that don't know what the hell they're doing Maybe I fight the semifinalists or something. I wouldn't want to just go in cold into a championship match. That's kind of weird. But either way, it doesn't matter. Miyagi is not interested in signing the application for, for Daniel. He feels like they, that karate is 
just to defend honor, to defend your family, and that that's it. That that's what it means. It's not about defending a plastic trophy. And Daniel is not happy with it, but he still believes that eventually Miyagi's gonna be is going to sign it. But it really is looking like he has moved on from that. So then uh, Daniel goes to the neighboring pottery place because they're looking to get pots for the for the uh, for the bonsai trees. And here we meet his not so much love interest in this movie, Andrews, who is um seventeen-ish in this uh, um. 17-ish while filming this and like i said earlier daniel's 27-ish and so yeah uh tim says tim yobo who's been on the show he says that um ralph macho's wife said that he would he um basically forbade him from like kissing her because she was too young but i'm pretty sure it wasn't just that i'm pretty sure the filmmakers themselves were like yeah we probably shouldn't now my whole thing is you couldn't find a college age. I mean, she's running a business. I I, I figured she was like 20 um, because, I mean, she's running a business. Maybe her parents own it and she works there a lot, but we never see anyone else at the shop. So it's very confusing. I know there's a scene where maybe someone's yelling at her, and I don't know if that was maybe family or what, but it's just very weird. They should have just made her a 21, 22-year-old like an act in real life. And because he's going to college, he's college age now. He doesn't need to date high school kids. But I, I just thought it was very interesting and kind of dumb that they did it that way because then they can't really do anything. They decide in the movie that, you know, we find out later she has a boyfriend. But in this scene, she seems very into him. And we see a photo where her the dude is cut out. Her boyfriend is cut out of the photo. And she's like, yeah, this he got with this other girl. But in the end, when he tells her about making the pots, she's like super into him. So they set up a date later that night to meet up. So it's very confusing. It felt like it was stuff they wrote in at the very last minute or something. It's the weirdest thing. Daniel's still mad about the application with, with Miyagi. And then we see... Um, <laughs> Uh, we see Daniel doing some weird Hawaiian song and dance routine by himself because he's getting ready for the date. And Terry Silver sneaks into the house like nothing. And he's, he's a six foot five man in a ponytail. Nobody saw him. And he he goes, you'd think he would send somebody too, by the way. He's rich. Why does he need to do this himself? He starts going through stuff. And of course, the very first thing he looks into has the entire history of Mr. Miyagi. This guy just knows where to sniff. And he looks through like a couple of things. He finds out about the little tree business. He finds out a couple of things. But then Miyagi's coming home. So he goes, um, he hides. Daniel comes in. We don't know exactly where he's at, where he's at yet. But Daniel comes into the place. He, he says that he, <laughs> he thanks Miyagi for the shirt, but he looks horrible. He's wearing a red Hawaiian button up, which I guess is okay. But then over it, he's wearing a cheap ass blue hoodie. It just looks dumb i you can't wear a hoodie over a button-up bro that is that is not how it works wear wear a blazer wear a nice a nice type jacket you know suede jacket or something Just don't wear it oh daniel and so then uh jessica comes around and she just basically cock blocks daniel because she says that she still wants to be with her boyfriend and apparently even though he cheated on her they want to work things out so she's going to actually be moving back home which i think was ohio or something um to to be with her family and to to be with him again i'm it's all very convoluted whatever she's basically now a sidekick friend but they go out anyway and uh just to kind of as friends and she meets mr miyagi and from there, Daniel goes to show her the shop. But of course, Snake, which is one of the, this guy's name is Snake, which is one of Terry Silver's uh, karate kids. And and Mike busts into the shop. They turn off the lights. No one's in this area. By the way, the, the, the shop itself is a pretty rough area right by railroad tracks. So not great. But, you know, it's bonsai trees. I mean, if people want your bonsai trees, they're going for your bonsai trees. It's not like you need to be in a place where people are. There's a lot of foot traffic necessarily. It helps, but you don't really need it. And anyway, they come in. They hassle Daniel. They tell him they need. He needs to sign the application. We get this a couple of times. 
Um, they almost get into a fight, Mike and Daniel, but it doesn't happen. Snake says, let them think it over. Mike says some perverty shit to Jessica, like, oh, you dream about me. You can dream about me if you want, girl. <laughs> Why do we keep making his voice like that? This is not how he sounds. We're like, you gonna dream about me. Um, <laughs> okay, that's not how he sounded either. I'm not good at this. So then Terry Silver just walks into Miyagi's backyard. <laughs> and uh, and while well, we see, this is a new scene. And we see Daniel and Miyagi training and they're doing the kata. And Terry Silver comes in and he's like, yeah, I'm, um, my master is Kim San Kwang of um, South Korea. He mentions that word reached Korea, that is master, um, the word reached Korea about what happened with Kreese because Kreese was also trained by the same person. And he says that his master, which I think is a lie, by the way, um, because we do see in, in Cobra Kai that that is not who they were trained by. And he says that his master sends his apologies for Kreese's actions. And then Terry mentions that Kreese actually died from cardiac arrest, um, which honestly, he does look like he does a lot of like coke and drinks and shit loads, so maybe. And then Silver, um, Silver says something like, he, he thinks that it had to do something with him losing all his students. So now he's trying to bring the, he's trying to bring the hatred that Daniel has for Kreese and Cobra Kai just down the notch, like to feel pity, you know, and that he even says later on in the movie, like, oh yeah, Kreese said you were, you know, he said you were pretty talented or something like that. It's like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he said that, bro. So anyway, my whole thing is why introduce yourself as your real name? This, it's not going to be that hard for them to figure out. You're a rich-ass businessman. I feel like they would be able to figure you out. And then I'd be like, why is he coming at us like this? This guy's like a rich, rich dude. But he still uses his real name. I mean, I get there's not Google at this point, but come on. Just ask around. So now Jessica comes over. Oh, and then Terry just leaves after that. And he kind of gives a smirk like, ah, yeah, the plan is, is beginning. So then Jessica comes over and... Daniel says macaroni and cheese like six times in 10 seconds. I don't know. It's ridiculous. The guys come back through, but now they have one more extra karate kid dude with them. Karate kid bad guy. And now an actual fight breaks out. Uh, Snake throws like the slowest punch ever because um, Mike and Daniel are going at it. And it's funny because I think Daniel tells uh, one of the guys like, hey man, stop destroying the shop because he's like punching shit. And then he ends up fighting Mike and he destroys the shop himself while he's fighting. So <laughs> I would have been like, guys, can we take this outside, please? I mean, come on. I just bought the place. I'll sign the application, but can we take this outside? And anyway, they go in a fight. Miyagi comes through. Snake throws the slowest punch ever at Miyagi. Miyagi knocks his ass out. They head out in their car and they're doing like a fucking circle around in the block. Not in the block, but in the street. And they're... Mike is doing his bad guy saying stuff like, you better sign it or I'll get you. And then they just barely get past the train tracks before the train comes through. And I got to say, wouldn't it have been so funny if they got hit by the train and all three of them died? And Miyagi just goes, well, movie over. <laughs> but no, they somehow got away. Which, by the way, I have done that before. I'm, I'm not proud of it. And I see... I, do not condone this type of behavior. It is very unsafe and dangerous. But one time I was driving and we the things were down, the little arms for the trail, the train track. We're in San Antonio. And I told the guys, I'm gonna floor it, I'm gonna floor it. And uh they were like, No, 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 no. And I was like, No, I'm gonna floor it. And I floored it. I got through the through the rails, and yeah, the train was not that close, but it was it was maybe a few paces back behind where that train almost hit them in the movie it was terrifying everybody screamed and i was laughing like a crazy person which is why no one likes to be in my car anymore so then uh <laughs> miyagi is um i guess he's drunk and he's singing songs or he's just he's carefree you know he's like hey man i i'm i, I get it they messed up our our shop but we can always rebuild but then they get back to miyagi's house and they stole the dang bonsai trees which is a real kick in the chicklets. Daniel was pissed off, but Miyagi just wants to get his fishing pole and get some food. And this is when you start seeing that he, Daniel's getting frustrated with the Miyagi way. 
the philosophy behind his mindset. He's like, well, you can't be so damn passive all the time, is what he tells him. It's the 80s. We need to report these crimes to the cops because I'm sure they'll do something. <laughs> well, the cops didn't give a shit about the bonsai trees. We cut to uh, Daniel with, um, with Jessica. And I think he's uh, looking for that bonsai tree, that authentic one. Because he wants to get money for it so that way they can buy a bunch more trees and get the shop going again. Because obviously they took a big hit. Uh, and then she shows Daniel how to cliffhang like in about five seconds flat. The, uh, cliff, was it, is it cliffhang? I think, I think so. I don't know. I don't do these stupid ass things that people do. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm just, I don't know how many Chicanos go cliffhanging. Uh, maybe there's a bunch, but I sure as hell, I never was got got into that so they start cliff they start doing the cliffhanging thing daniel almost slips but they seem like some fake stuff happening here like you know nothing's gonna happen to either of the characters but the movie wants us to think something's gonna happen they're able to pull out the bonsai tree but then jessica almost falls and daniel drops the bonsai tree so they have to go all the way down to the shore so on the bottom of the gulch the the tide actually does come through into the gulch and kind of flood it and the, they don't want the bonsai tree to get too much salt water on it because then it'll die so then they gotta they gotta wash it off with the canteen water they start trying to work their way up but the roads get climbed up and oh look it's somehow some fucking way mike barnes i guess has been tracking this son bitch since the morning because he knew he was going to be in this random ass gulch uh wherever you know in Reseda, wherever the hell they uh, yeah there's a big old gulch in Reseda. have you ever seen it uh so so they give them shit, and they're like, dude, sign the application, or we're not going to put down the ropes, and the, the the tide is coming. And eventually, Daniel agrees. They start going up, and they mess him with them as they're bringing them up. They're almost to the top of the to the cliff, and Snake is like, you know what? Give me your application. You know, uh, no, Mike says, Snake, get, get the application from him before we bring him all the way up because he could easily just tear it. So they grab the application, but then Snake wants the bonsai tree. And Daniel's trying to fight to not give him the bonsai tree because he knows it's valuable. He he that's he went through a lot just to get it. So he ends up giving Snake the bonsai tree because they threatened to literally kill Jessica, <laughs> which is insane. And they get the bonsai tree, and I think um, Snake is about to throw it back in the ocean, but then Mike just grabs it and he says a stupid line. By the way, he has no good lines throughout the whole movie. It's like they gave Terry Silver all the lines and they gave Mike Barnes like video game lines. He's saying stuff that happens in the intermission when you lose in Street Fighter 2. It's like, go home and be a family man. He's saying like le like just lame shit like that. So he says something like that to Daniel and he splits the bonsai tree. He doesn't split it all the way, but he splits it pretty good. And Daniel screams like he just punched a baby or something. And uh, they, they, they eventually they leave. They get the bonsai tree. Daniel goes to the shop and he's all freaking, freaking the hell out. And he's telling Miyagi what he did. And he's pissed off at himself for doing such a dumb thing. But you know what? We're going to see a lot of Daniel being pissed off at himself for doing a really stupid thing. And he admits to Miyagi what he did. And Miyagi's like, it's I get it. It's okay. You fucked up. You know, uh, we'll try to mend it. Uh, you know, it's already here. You already took it out. So we're going to try to mend it and keep it going. We don't know. It has strong roots, though. If it has strong roots, we get a lot of roots talk in this. In this, um, Not the old, <laughs> not the document. No, it's not a documentary. What is that? A miniseries? Um, we get a lot of tree roots uh, uh, metaphors. All of a sudden, while Miyagi's trying to mend the bonsai tree, in the entrance of the shop, we see this guy like, Hey, where do you want all these bonsai trees? <laughs> And Daniel's like, what the hell? Like, what, where, where, where did you get the money to buy more trees? He's like, well, I sold the truck. And probably this, the truck is a, an authentic, um, that truck that he has is like an authentic um, um, antique truck. Like, it looks dope. And so he probably got a bunch of money for it. And so he was able to buy all the trees and stuff. And Daniel just looks like a stupid asshole. Because he, he just left before Miyagi could even tell him that's what he was going to do. Because he just is stubborn and makes stupid, rash decisions all the time. So now Daniel, um, Miyagi still doesn't want to sign that application, by the way. So then uh, Daniel and Jessica are um, 
Oh, but Daniel does tell Miyagi that he did sign the application. That's what I meant to say. And uh, But he tells Daniel he's not going to train him. So Daniel and Jessica are now running. Um, he's going to just train by himself. And Terry Silver somehow runs into them because I guess he does have some sort of track. You know, they should have showed that. Like, oh, maybe he has a tracker. He put it up Daniel's ass at night or something. Because <laughs> he is rich. He might have a tracker that go up people's butts. Uh, why does it have to be up his butt? <laughs> so, so he tells us something about, oh, you know, you need to do a front slide, a front sweep. And that's how you win these tournaments. And we see Daniel. Now he's training. Uh, at Miyagi's place, Mike Bards comes through and beats the shit out of Daniel again because this guy just pones his ass every time. And then Terry Silver comes through and whoops Mike Barnes' ass. It's obviously staged, by the way. It's very obvious. And then Terry, Terry Silver starts to show Daniel how to do the front sweep thing a little bit. And he invites him to come to the Cobra Kai dojo if he wants to learn a little more. And he says he wants to make things right. That's why he's reopening the, the dojo so that way Daniel doesn't freak out about it. After this, Daniel just wants to take one more swing at getting Miyagi to help him. And he tells Miyagi, hey, how about you just teach me how to do the front sweep? Can you just teach me how to sweep? Can you just, please, Miyagi, please. I get we have this bonsai tree place, but I am a partner in this. Could you just teach me how to sweep? Miyagi goes, yeah, sure, no problem. So he goes back and Jessica's there. And Miyagi actually, of course, comes back with a broom. He goes, you just do this like this. <laughs> and Daniel loses his shit. He starts whining and pissing again like he always is. Fan of, of Daniel LaRusso in this movie. And so then he heads out. He's like, you don't have to make fun of me. And he goes to Cobra Kai's dojo to speak to Terry. Terry decides to train him. And he gets a little smirk too when he finds out that Miyagi doesn't even know that he's decided to train with Cobra Kai. Then we find out about this whole thing uh, about Terry Silverhole's training strategy. He's like, there's three Ds. There's desire, devotion, and discipline. The first two are either, you either have them or you don't. But the third one, I can teach you. And right away you see that, I don't know why, because Daniel seems pretty well-trained and very like disciplined when he's with, with uh, Miyagi. But now he's being kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, no, no, that's yes, sir. He's like, oh, yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> this is so stupid. I guess because he's never, Miyagi's much more chill. It's much more like, you know, it's not all about, it's not all about like being super disciplined like you're in the military. You know, he doesn't have uh, Daniel ever call him sir. So then we find out that he has this quick silver way of training, which I'm pretty sure he thought of right on the spot. And the Quicksilver way of training just has to do with like, I think it's like three different things. And we get, we go through the movie. It's like a man can't walk if he, a man can't kick if he can't walk. And man can't breathe if he's got blood down his throat. There's maybe one more. Oh, who cares? <laughs> so we get, <laughs> either way, really what it all comes down to is he wants Daniel to hit this wooden figure dummy thing and hurt himself. That's really what this whole, training shit comes down to is terry silver wants daniel to hurt himself kicking a wooden dummy well first he hurts his foot here's his bata man like super hard he makes him kick his the uh, with his bata around the leg of the wooden dummy and it's like a fucking it's like it's not rounded it's not like it's not shaved round it's like freaking cube so it's like boom man he cuts his foot and then he goes after the training. Miyagi notices he's limping, but he doesn't want to tell Miyagi he's training with Cobra Kai, obviously. So he just, by the way, Daniel's the worst liar ever. He helps him. He gives him like this little like foot powder concoction that apparently works really, really well. Um, and he puts his foot in there. And Miyagi's pretty bummed out. You get a couple of scenes of him looking really, really bummed and sad. And he's he has faith that the confusion will clear up in Daniel's head and he will join back with the Jedi. So we're back with Terry Silver's training dojo. Now we got the knuckles bleeding part. And it's so funny because Terry actually here, Terry manipulates Daniel into agreeing to continue the training because Daniel's like, dude, this is stupid, man. Like I don't want to do this. But then Terry walks away and like yells like, all right, fine. I don't want to waste my time with someone like you. And he stops, like he kind of turns around he goes outside of the room and he's like at the he's like waiting by the by the wall like 
and then he hears Daniel start hitting the wood thing, and he's like, oh, yeah, man, I'm good at manipulating people. So Daniel ends up hurting, having to soak his elbow now because he used his elbow on the wooden thing. So then now Terry Silver wants to teach him how to punch the shit out of a dude's nose and uh, so he could choke on his blood and shit, which is kind of crazy. It's like, what is he going to do, kill somebody at this all-valley karate tournament? Like, what is this guy doing? But um, it's and also my favorite part about these training sessions is that a lot of times Terry will use the punching bag to show the move that he's trying to teach Daniel. But then he goes, "Now let's now show me this, but on this hard wooden dummy thing." And Daniel always looks back at the bag like, "Why can't I use that? Like you used it, you piece of shit." But Terry does show. So I think Terry Silver shows once where he like destroys all the way. He's like, "That's what you need to be doing. That's how you know that you're good at the Quicksilver way." So now he's having him punch the the head of the dummy, which has a, a <laughs> has a flyer, has like a flyer of Mike Barnes's face on it, making his face. So he ends up getting his knuckles all bloody, um, but eventually he kind of he goes ow, ay. and eventually Terry like gets him hyped up. He yells at him. And he tells him like, dude. Don't be a bitch. <laughs> so, so Daniel is able to eventually destroy Mr. Woody. That's what we're calling him, Mr. Woody. And they high-five. Like, hey, you did it. You broke through the wood. Now you're definitely going to win the karate tournament. So now we're at a classic, maybe my favorite part of the movie. We get to a classic 80s live band concert. And we get to see Ralph Macchio's killer dance move that, that maybe only rivals Jean-Claude Van Damme's dance moves. Jesus Christ. This band is horrible, too, by the way. And then Terry pays a dude who was being an asshole to his girl. He pays the guy to be a, an asshole and hit on Jessica. And I guess to test what Daniel would do to see if he's made this first full you know, transition into the docks. So then Daniel breaks the dude's nose in one quick punch like a son of a bitch. It's like, ugh. And Terry pulls him out of the bar, away from Jessica. They go around the bar. And Daniel feels really bad. He's like, dude, I need to go get Jessica. And he's like, dude, you you did have nothing. You this was all you you know, you're defending yourself. Like, this is this is the way. This is the quicksilver way. Daniel goes back and he heads out to apologize to Jessica, his 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 new friend. And she freaked because she freaked out when he when he broke that dude's nose. And she tells him uh, to just be honest to Miyagi and tell him the truth. She gives him a very sweet, friendly uh, grandma kiss on the cheek. So then um, this whole movie, um, once again, Daniel just being pissed. Now he's on the phone. He's trying to apologize to the guy that he busted the shit out of his nose. He's getting mad that he can't talk to him. So he eventually tells Miyagi what's going on. Miyagi tells him not to worry, that he has strong roots, and things are going to get better. Don't worry. He shows him the bonsai tree that is finally mending and is coming together again. He tells Miyagi that he wants to go tell Terry Silver that he doesn't want to get trained by him anymore. And Miyagi asks, hey, do you want me to go with you to just as a support, you know? And Daniel says no because, well, he hasn't made one good decision this whole movie. <sighs> Cobra Kai Dojo tells Terry he does not want to defend his title after what he did to that guy at the club. I mean, you just punched him in the nose. You don't know. Maybe he had a glass nose, you know, like they have glass jaws. Maybe his nose just bleeds very easily. So Terry tells him, yeah, that's that's not how this is going to go, bruh. You are going to fight Mike Barnes. And you know why? And it's hilarious because then Barnes comes out. Because Daniel says, what are you talking about? Why do you need to, like, you can't make me fight. And then Barnes comes in and says, I'm what he's talking about, shithead. <laughs> Laugh because I hadn't heard shithead in a long time. Like that, that's like some Beavis and Butthead level. Like, shithead. Oh, man, it was so good. I, I don't know why. The 90s kid in me just, it was tickled. So then, um, uh, probably the actual best part of the movie happens here as, as Daniel says, Hell no, I don't want to fight in the tournament. I'm sick of you. You can't make me fight. He turns the corner toward the double doors of the dojo, and you see that cardboard cutout of John Kreese going, like, Yeah! You see the cardboard cutout, but. John Kreese <laughs> comes out behind the cardboard 
starts growling and yelling guttural style at Daniel. <laughs> With crazy eyes. And Daniel is shook as fuck. And honestly, I would have been shook too. I'm like, holy shit, I thought you were dead, dude. I honestly forgot that because it was in the very it was like in the beginning where Terry Silver mentions about him dying and I honestly forgot and I was like oh wait yeah that definitely explains why Daniel freaked out like he thought this guy was dead uh, so they all start laughing at him and humiliating him which is <laughs> this is when you realize god this movie's pretty low stakes it just comes out to a prank <laughs> so <laughs> but who cares we're having a good time baby so Mike Barnes starts whooping his ass again poor Daniel and Daniel heads out. He runs out of the dojo while he can. Terry sends Barnes out to go get him. And Terry even says, like, look at the trail. He pissed his pants. <laughs> oh, Terry Silver. He is not afraid to go low. And then Miyagi comes through and somehow kicks a dude twice his size, uh, which is Mike Barnes, right through the double doors. You just hear Miyagi's, uh, you know, yell. And, you know, Miyagi's pissed. Terry's about to fight Miyagi, but Kree says, no, 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 stand aside. I want to take him on. We have a history. So it's sort of hilarious. You see little Pat Morita beat the crap out of these dudes like nothing. I guess because it's primarily defensive moves and he probably has a pretty good stunt guy. It's fairly convincing, um, but he is a much older guy. Yeah, yeah. what are you going to do? But he whoops both of their asses. He whoops Barnes's ass again, and then he whoops uh, uh, Crease, and then he kicks Terry Silver into the into the mirror, very much akin to um, they really need to stop messing up those mirrors because that happened in Cobra Kai. I think I think Johnny kicks Crease into it. No, 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 Crease kicks Johnny into it, and I think Johnny even like spits out glass, which is kind of hilarious. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, he makes quick work of them, but me, uh, but Terry Silver says, "Dude, when we are done." You are going to be a distant memory. You are nothing, you know. By the way, I missed a little fun joke here. When Terry Silver was about to fight him, he did like the Bruce Lee kung fu sounds, like ah, you know that stuff. And Miyagi makes fun of him after he whoops Terry Silver's ass, and he does like the whole that does not how it sounds. I could do it, but I don't really feel like it. <laughs> it just feels inappropriate. <laughs> so. So then, uh, yeah, so then he says all this bullshit to, to Miyagi, and Daniel looks at Miyagi, and he's like, come on, he disrespected you and your whole family. Come on, man, can we, can we, can you train me now? Can we get in this dojo and fight, and fight in the tournament? And Miyagi's like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> so, it's just sort of funny. So then we see Daniel Miyagi doing more Patrick Swayze moves. And Mike Barnes is the opposite. This is just like Rocky Four. You got the peaceful way of fighting or training, and you got Mike Barnes who's on cocaine, punching bricks and shit, doing Taibo. Then we see Miyagi and Daniel replanting the bonsai tree back off the cliff. So you get to see an old <laughs> Pat Morita. He's not. He actually isn't that old in this movie, but he's older. You get to see Pat Morita hanging off a cliff, which is kind of hilarious to me. And then Miyagi does a whole he does he once again emphasizes about trees and growing and roots and how Daniel can still grow a better direction instead of the stupid direction he's been doing this whole time. And so Daniel's like, Oh yeah, yeah, I think you're right. So now we're back at the All Valley Karate Championships, which by the way, I feel like the movie should have just ended with Miyagi kicked everyone's ass. This valley tournament thing, it's old. <laughs> it's pretty predictable, but um, the whole plan is for Mike Barnes to, of course, kick, you know, Mike Barnes, of course, kicks everyone's ass. He gets to the championship. And the whole plan is for him to let, get penalty points, basically, so that way the fight continues and he doesn't win automatically and he can just keep on whooping uh, Daniel San's ass. And he had honestly, for the most part, works out great. Uh, then he would eventually defeat him in sudden death. So they do get to sudden death. And uh, Terry Silver, by the way, this whole scene is just chewing up scenery. You have Kreese who's trying to chew up like he did in the first one, but he just can't. Terry Silver's too much, man. So really, John Kreese just does the whole where he kind of, you know, he puts his arm. What do you call it? Crisscross your arms? And he's just kind of making that dickhead face that he made, <laughs> which is kind of, uh, the act <laughs> kind of the actor's resting face, to tell you the truth. And... um. 
Terry Silverman gives a full speech at the tournament, which is ridiculous. I guess he's like the main sponsor or something, and he does tout that they're going to have more Cobra Kai dojos and this and that. We don't really touch more on the fact that he's a toxic waste killing the environment person, but uh, who cares? <laughs> Cobra having bad guy dojos around is much worse. So the whole plan really does work out. Uh, Crease even says something about like his mother won't recognize him when we're done here. Uh, which made me realize we had not heard from his mom this whole damn time. She didn't even come to the tournament. Uh, and Barnes does some good stuff. He he, he gives him uh, he gives him a couple of groin shots. We hear a dude in the audience say, "You're dirty, Barnes. He's gonna get you because you're dirty." That is some C grade heckling, y'all. <laughs> C grade. Oh God. So then. Uh, Barnes is making quick work of Daniel. We get to the very last uh, sudden death. Miyagi's trying to tell Daniel, like, hey, man, this is no time to sulk and be in a fetal position in front of all these people. He looks sad, bro. And Daniel's like, well, I'm afraid of him. Okay, I, I, I don't know what to say. It's his flat top. It's the way he doesn't blink. <laughs> I'm afraid, bro. So Miyagi yells at him and says, you must stay focused. The best karate is still inside you, dude. You just need to find it. So then Barnes comes through and he screams at Daniel and he tells him to get get on the damn line and he's just like openly cussing and talking shit to him and I guess that's there's nothing wrong with that at the All Valley tournament because in the NBA you're getting freaking you're getting attacked for that. But no, he's like on his knees just yelling at Daniel on the floor. Daniel goes to the line. He starts doing his kata slow motion stuff, which I guess is the knuckleball of karate because Mike is confused as fuck. He's like, why does this guy look like he's underwater doing slow karate? I don't know what to do. And then he starts coming at he starts coming at Daniel to do like a, a jumping. I think it's like a jumping. But he's trying to swing over to get him and punch him in the face. But then Daniel flips him up, flips him down, and then jumps on top and punches him in the thing in the stomach. And he wins. Uh, Daniel wins. He is sudden death. Yay. I, it happened so fast I had to rewind it. Uh, and we get some great shots of Pat Morita. And, you know, with him being gone now, it's just fun to see him happy <laughs> and he smiles he even hugs uh, and i think earlier in the movie he keeps daniel from hugging him because that's just not the cultural japanese way that they do things it's usually a bow but he lets daniel hug him and they do a big old embrace it's very emotional i just love this guy I can't help it he's so good as mr miyagi and uh then the movie ends bada bing bada boom there's no like tie-in or no nothing that makes us think there might be some continuing thing it's just over so i uh, just oh yeah you know what <laughs> i forgot i was always gonna go to the ratings but as you all do know i do like to do some impressions here and there they're not very good but there's something i just want to do a quick quick impression for you this is a segment called Quick impressions. Quick impressions. Hey! Hey, I like that! I like that, Johnny! I'm gonna use that! <laughs> Hope you like that. <laughs> I love Terry Silver so much. He's the best. I think because he's basically the kind of character I would want to play in a movie. Like, that is the most fun. Just chew up the scenery, laugh loud, smile big, and have a good time. All right. So, as you do know, I like to rate these movies by my favorite mustaches. You have the full Fu Manchu recommendation. You have the walrus mustache recommendation, which is pretty damn good. You have the horseshoe mustache recommendation, which is eh, not bad. And then you have the Hitler mustache recommendation, which is burn this movie in hell. I would give... Karate Kid Part 3, I get it, you know, I'm holding it as a family movie, and so that's why I understand that it can't be a little bit more, you know, gory or a little bit more violent, because honestly, you had a little bit more of that 80s violence, you know, in a lot of those those B-movie action films. This movie goes up a huge notch. Like, that would be so... Because it already has the spirit of, like, a B-movie, which I think is why it's one of my favorites so far um, of the series. It might be my favorite. But, you know, it's just difficult because it just doesn't quite 
get to full Manchu level to me. Almost. I almost want to give it full because it's so close. But you know what? Maybe if I watch it a couple more times, I'll end up giving it that. But for right now, I give this a solid walrus mustache of a movie. I had a damn good time with it. Terry Silver is just basically saves the film. I don't know what this movie would be. I think originally it was just supposed to be Crease, who's the bad guy. And he had some other shit movie he was working on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he had some other movie he was working on. Uh, what's his name? Um, why is his name not coming to me? Uh, Martin Cove. He had some other action movie he was working on, so he really didn't have time to to do Karate Kid 3. So then the writers just rewrote, they wrote in Terry Silver and the connection between him, so that way Kreese would have way less days on set. And it worked out for the better. Like, not to say Martin Cove isn't great, he's great on his own right, but we needed something different. He brings like the stoic, snarky bad guy, you know, like a general, I guess. But Terry Silver is like a Batman bad guy. He's like he's like a cartoon. It's fantastic. So yes, yeah, solid Walrus mustache from me. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. And if you haven't seen the movie, please check it out. Uh, I think I just rented it. Maybe you can find it somewhere for free. But um, I don't know. I, want, I like to support the the movies when I can. I uh, uh, it's always good to do that. Anyway. As you know, you can find the show on Instagram at Mustachioed Podcastio, M-O-U-S-T-A-C-I-O. You can also find it on Twitter. Why am I talking this way? I don't know. <laughs> you, can find, you can find the show on Twitter. I For the two people that made it this far, <laughs> thanks for sticking around. I love you. So uh, Twitter and Podcastio. You can also email the show, which I haven't checked that email in a long time, but I doubt anyone's actually emailed the show. If you really want to fuck with me, email me on that because I never look at it. It's going to really surprise me. It's at Mustachio Podcastio. Wait, I'm not at. It's just Mustachio Podcastio at gmail.com. Send me movie suggestions. You can also send me movie suggestions through the other social media channels. Send me your movie suggestions. And if you want to be on the show, you have a microphone, you have a, you know, decent personality. <laughs> Honestly, I'll accept anybody. Who cares? You can have a shitty personality. Be on the show. Uh, yeah, but just give me your recommendation. I'm always open to some recommendations. Um, this movie I just decided to watch. I really wanted to watch Pat Morita, and I think we're going to have more Pat Morita films on this show. Uh, so if you also have some Pat Morita ideas... Let me know. But other than that, thank you so much for listening. I'm looking forward to next time. Bye.